Welcome to the Pillars for Purposeful Motherhood podcast. I am Brita Wallace, and I am so happy that you are tuning in. So make sure that you hit that plus sign in the upper right-hand corner to follow so you can tune in for new episodes and also stay tuned for expert guest speakers, um, which I have quite the lineup building. And speaking of which, today we have a great guest speaker, uh, Tess Scott. So Tess Scott is a former black sheep turned Jesus girl, which I love, a girl after my own heart. She is a mom of eight boys and spunky Grammy to a whole slew of adorable grandkids. She began the Listen Sister Encouragement for Women Ministry in 2020, where you can find her blog posts at tessscott.com and her Listen Sister pages on Facebook and Instagram. She continues to live her life of hilariously awkward moments in Sarnia, Ontario, to the outgoing embarrassment of her family. I love that so much. Um, So without further ado, let's welcome Tess to the show. Hi, Tess. How are you today? Hey, thank you so much for having me on today. I'm really excited about this. I love, love, love encouraging women. Me too. And I'm so happy that you're here. I love, um, I just love your story and... Um, thank you for being here today. So speaking of your story, I would love for you to share uh, with our audience how you endured your own freak show of your life and you know what that kind of means to you and and just telling the audience what that kind of means. So <laughs> yeah, I get that I get that um, question a lot. like what why did you use the word freak show? Um, and the reason is because, well, first of all, my husband always says this is a freak show, especially when we had all the boys running around. Yeah. So our, our family is a blended family. And to be honest, we only had seven at one time because by the time our youngest was born, our oldest was 18. So he was, you know, out post-secondary. So we never had eight living in our house at one time. Thank you, Lord, because there was a lot of boys. It was, it was a freak show. It was crazy. Um, but as far as my life goes, like I was, I've been married, like I've been married four times and I'm not even a celebrity. And my last marriage, um, to Rick ended in, um, divorce, which was a shock, like a total, I didn't see it coming. You know, I thought everything was going great and I'm like going to church. I'm leading ladies groups. I'm following the Lord. I think everything's going along tickety boo, you know, other than it was, you know, crazy. Um, and then that marriage, like he came and said, you know, I'm done. I don't love you anymore and all that. And, um, I just say all that as though it was nothing, but it was something, it was terrible, awful and awful for the kids. And we were divorced. We were separated. And then after a year divorced and we were divorced for three years. And then we came back together. Like we started just talking, like he started answering my texts, which, you know, is a big thing if you're, you know, um, someone who doesn't do that. <laughs> like he's not a fighter, but he's more like passive aggressive, you know, I'll just ignore yeah. you pretend you don't exist. Um, so we started answering my texts about our son. And then, um, yeah, then we started just building a relationship and then we dated for a while and then um, actually got married and he moved in with me after we got married. And, you know, like it's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. And then right after that marriage, um, which was in 2016, three weeks later, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, wow. So the first year of our marriage, which I thought, because we always think we know what life's going to look like. I thought the first year of our marriage was going to be this like huge honeymoon, like, yay, I have a husband. (laughs) Like we're going to have this, 
amazing marriage and honeymoon and life is great and um and life was good but it wasn't what i expected it to look like and um so that was a journey that but a journey that we went on together and i'm actually thankful for now but i felt after that like um probably starting about two years ago i felt really strongly that god wanted me to share my story but i i didn't know like what would that look like like right like mm-hmm. speaking or writing a book or writing a blog or but this I knew I do not want to do it that's what, what I knew like I don't want to do that are you kidding no way like first of all me like I don't know what I'm doing and which I still don't and secondly I don't when you have to share the things from your life that are hard or the things that you um, aren't proud of your mistakes all those things it's terrifying it's it is fine um so i said no for a while (laughs) but then through a series of events that um you can later read about i uh had to give in and uh and start doing that so i started writing and um and i wrote a book but not well first i started doing blogs and then the blogs became a book but not a book as in this is my life from this is the day i was born till now right not in that order but like short funny stories about you know the day that i found out my kids have been peeing in the lego you know and and other stories like that um because i because out of those each story i learned something mm-hmm. you know and i and I'm not just to hide the box of Lego, but like other things and how that related to me and how I can encourage other women. Yeah. You know, because I really want women to know that none of our lives are perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I want to say like, I've been where you are, maybe not exactly like Mm -hmm. you probably don't have eight kids, but I bet you some days your life feels like a freak show, you know? Sure. I bet you that there's days that you're running around thinking, I can't do this one more day, or I haven't slept all night, or now, now the third child has the flu, or, you know, I'm never going to get through toilet training or whatever those things are, but other women have gone along before you and we can give each other hope that you can make it through this. And so that's kind of my mission. That's awesome. And I love that. And there's a few things that I can relate to. And I just wanted to point them out because I think the audience probably could relate to them too. I think a lot of people go into marriage thinking it's going to be this honeymoon phase in the beginning, right? Like, oh, this is going to be so wonderful. And I can relate to what you said because it was much different for me um, than what I thought it was going to be. And I went into marriage after a lot of um, trauma and uh, a very abusive relationship was the last one that I had been in. And then the one before that, um, I chose to leave, but it was very, very difficult. It broke my heart. I broke my own heart by leaving that relationship, even though I knew that that's what God was calling me to do. And it was the right thing that I was never going to get from that relationship, what I needed and what I deserved, but I loved very, very deeply. So I came from just trauma after trauma after trauma. And I went into my marriage, like I'm not putting up with anything from anybody, (laughs) which is so unrealistic. The people closest to us are the ones that often hurt us. And it's not intentional. It's just, that's why, I mean, we hurt our kids. Sometimes our kids hurt us. We hurt our spouses. I mean, we hurt our family members. 
unintentionally. I don't think anybody does that purposefully, um, but it happens and we're all flawed and we're not going to be perfect. Even my husband, right? So like that was a big transition for me. And we struggled in the beginning. Marriage for us was harder in the beginning and it's gotten easier the more years we grow together and the more we can say, Hey, like, this is just so stupid. Do I care that I was just telling my mom a little while ago, one thing that my husband does is he has these huge steel toe work boots that are really heavy and he always puts them on top of my shoes. We live at the beach. Well, we live very close to the beach and it's just all sand where we are. So it either gets sand all in my shoes or disforms my shoes. And I'm like, it drives me crazy. And I used to really say a lot of things about it every once in a while when I'm not, you know, in the best of, um, you know, places, maybe my buckets are empty. I'll say something, but I said, most of the time, like I move them myself. Is it worth yes. it to have this stupid argument? No, right. It's probably isn't. So it starts, it starts something. So yeah. yeah, I mean, the beginning of marriage for us was, it was difficult. And our pastor at my church in New York used to talk about how like the first five years of marriage um, and this and the statistics, and I don't have them off the top of my head right now, but are typically the hardest for people and people often give up because they don't wait out those five years. And I can say, if that's you to a mama listening, who's approaching marriage or thinking about getting married or in those early years of marriage and it's hard for you that it it that has played true in my life um that those first yeah probably five years or you know are the hardest and now I feel like we've gotten to a place where you like learn to live together you learn to do life together you learn about the things that really matter because now you've lived through things like with you guys um, you've gone through a lot of traumatic experiences together and you, I think, learn to realize what actually matters and what really doesn't. And there's just things we need to learn to let go and to not be so, you know, control freaks over <laughs> with certain things that women can tend to do. Right. Um, I think in that way we can create our own freak show sometimes, but, um, and then the other thing that you had said was like sharing your story. Mm -hmm. It's so difficult. Um, God asked me for many years and I'm in the same exact boat to share my vulnerabilities. And I do that pretty openly now. It's still uncomfortable for me. A lot of people tell me when I say that to them, they're like, oh, you would never would have known. But I'm like five to 10 years ago, somewhere within that range, if I was going through something, you didn't hear from me. My mom would say to me, what's going on in your life? I haven't heard from you in a few weeks, or I didn't talk about things. Um, and that's very isolating. I think, um, I think when we're able to talk about the things that are going on in our lives, maybe I don't think everybody's called to speak about them to the world, right? Like we're not all called Agreed. to do that. Um, but not living in shame or living in the darkness with those things, so to speak, um, and living in isolation, finding somebody to talk to about those things um, that, you know, are hurting you in life or are traumatic or um, that you just need support in as a mom or whatever it is, um, dealing with your own freak show, right? As you would yeah. say. Um, finding that support is so, so huge because I think so many moms don't talk about their stories to even 
any trusted person and they're living in isolation with it and it's and it's really affecting them um and preventing them really from being who they need to be as um as a person um and and as a mom or whatever it is because you are carrying around all the stuff that you can let go so that's yeah. just, I just wanted to speak into that a little bit because I could relate so much to those things. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's I think it's really important. It's really important to have that, you know, those close friends, even one really close friend that you can share that the deepest parts of you with and not necessarily your husband. I mean, yeah, share like that with him. But I mean, someone who understands like a girl um, so that you can say, you know, these are the things because we think I don't want to share um those kind of maybe embarrassing or true that little one percent of things i don't want to share it with my friend because if she knew this about me like she wouldn't like me or maybe we think everyone else is perfect or whatever that illusion is um but the truth is if i share that thing like maybe it's something like um i'm struggling with drinking too much wine and i know i am or um, I'm really questioning my faith or maybe, um, you know, oh, how about this? There's this really cute guy at work and he's so nice to me. And I know I'm married, but we're just going to be friends and I can't wait to get to work every day. Yeah. Like, so we don't want to share that. Mm -hmm. But the truth is we have to share that, share mm -hmm. that. And I don't say, I'm not saying like, put it on the, you know, prayer chain at church. Don't do that. But like, right. have that one friend. yeah, yeah. We don't yeah. know what needs that. But right. have that one friend that you can share that with so that she can speak truth to you. Absolutely. Right. And you need to hear it so that she knows how to pray for you so that she can hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like that is so important, but I think it's even more rare now after lockdowns and all that stuff that's just happened, um, that we're not meeting together as much that we're not having necessarily on the whole that kind of relationship but it's so important if you're not in that kind of relationship try to find one you yeah. know I've got to show you people who you can be in that kind of relationship with and they need you too it's a two-way street Absolutely. That's you praying for her so I would highly 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 recommend that yeah and I agree I mean I hear from so many moms who are like hey like I have lost so many friends when I became a mom the same thing happened to me not because we didn't love each other but because we're living in different stages of lives most of my friends had kids before I started having kids and they already had kids and then I'm like this is great now I'm having kids well guess what we're raising kids that are different ages now so we're yeah. doing different things you know yeah. so yeah. you we love each other from a distance we talk and but we're not hanging out all the time i mean now i'm not even living where i'm from so you do have to find those people and it's okay to be in different stages of your lives and and for people to be in your lives for seasons um and to you know to you grow apart and and that's okay but yes find your people find your person even um because it's so important and moms say that so much is that they just feel alone we don't have any friends anymore um and then it's you know it's different to try to make friends as an adult than it is as a kid it kind of comes more naturally to you and you have to put more work in it as an adult but it is fruitful work that will benefit you um and it benefits your health in so many ways so it's so important yeah absolutely and those friends don't have to be the same necessarily the same age and stage of life right. yeah it's important to mentor other women right absolutely. and looking into their lives like i've said about you know i've been there so i can encourage you and also someone else has been there who's encouraging me 
Yes. And I mean, and that's biblical. And, and like my, the most, probably the woman who has encouraged me the most in life was someone I came to know as Aunt Bet. And she just passed away in March of 2022. And she was 97. Wow. 97 years old. And she encouraged hundreds of women through her, her life and shared like lessons that she learned, things she did wrong, like mistakes she made, but prayed with me, prayed for me, you know, called during the week and said like, Hey Tess, how are we doing with that thing that you said you were going to do this week? And I'd be like, ah, no, <laughs> yeah. she held me accountable all the time. Right. You know? And so I can do that for a young girl who's just having babies now. Yeah. And, you know, you know, it's okay. It's okay. You know, you're just encouraging her and it's just really a blessing on both ends of it. Yeah, it really is. It is. Yeah. I was going to say that too, is you should be, we should always as women be mentoring somebody younger and somebody should be mentoring us. This is how we gain wisdom and give it. And it actually, you think like, oh man, where am I going to fit that in? Or that's just going to like deplete me. It doesn't, it fills you up. It's something that will fill your buckets and it's very, very rewarding. So, um, getting back on topic little, I actually love where this conversation is going because I think it's important that we talk about these things. Um, where did that name come from? Is it, is it, did it come from your, you did say that your husband says that all the time. Is that pretty much where you got it from? Yeah, I think so. And and like when he would be coming home from work and he opened the door and there's like all the shoes, oh my word, so many shoes and, you know, (laughs) tripping over everything or going to the fridge and there's no milk. Like we went through, well, you have jugs of milk probably in Canada we have bags of milk so like three bags would be a jug so we went through the equivalent of 10 jugs a week of milk we have five teenage boys and like we could have put a cow to good use at that time but we lived in town in a village so that didn't work out but yeah we were always out of milk and I don't know just all those things all the things it was just crazy so that's say this is a freak show yeah not yelling but just you know and then laugh and yeah (laughs) there's lots of good memories there really are and most of them like you know I wrote about it and I remember um one person asked me like what do your boys think what do your sons think about you writing these like funny stories about them growing up yeah I said um well for one thing they're all boys so they're probably not gonna read it like (laughs) but their wives are reading it to them so probably not off the hook yet but um Yeah. Yeah. But just to say like, this is normal. It's all, it's okay. It's, it's things you'll, you'll get through it. It No one tells you these things that they're going to have. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't have more kids, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, One of the nuggets that I picked up from what you just said is like learning to laugh about your freak show. Absolutely. Listen, I think that's such a nugget that you can take with you in parenting is that we have to like there's something to and not everybody um listening has a faith but whether you do or not and i'm just saying like very biblically jesus tells us to be more like childlike right Mm -hmm. and i think that whether you are um, a person of faith or not i think that's really great advice um because we tend to be more serious and laugh a little less, especially in parenting and especially when you're tripping over shoes and we're getting upset about all these things. And um, I think if we can just change our, our thought process on this and say like, where are those these opportunities where I'm getting annoyed and irritated by these little nitpicky things where I can just laugh instead? Because I think that is so huge. I think that will fill you with joy 
Um, and I think that that's so true is like, yeah, your husband could be screaming like, this is a freak show and like so <laughs> mad. Or, you know, you could be saying, um, I'm just going to laugh this off because this is so yeah. trivial and I don't want to, I don't want to be mad about these things. And we really get to choose. Um, we really get to choose that. And not so many people think that they just think, oh, well, I think the way I think, and that's not true. Mindset is huge. So if you can laugh about those things and just lighten up a bit in your parenting, I think that that's such a huge thing to be able to, to be able to do. It's a good tool to have. So yeah, I don't know that I would be laughing with eight boys. I have two. <laughs> Sometimes it's chaos, but I'm learning to be a boy mom. I grew up in a house of three girls. Um, I had a nephew when I was 12 who lived with us very, very, um, he was not the example of what a boy truly is because he was like the chillest, just always, oh I mean, even still like up growing up, he was just such this chill person, just like, yeah, you know, and my boys are very like different. They're very, um, I don't know. They do all these boy things. They wrestle. They're like, <laughs> and my husband grew up with four, you know, he was, he came from a family of four, but the boys, um, are 15 years apart. Right. Oh. So it's like, he grew up with an older sister. They fought my sisters and I fought, um, cause we're, you know, closer in age, but him and his brother weren't fighting. He was grown when his brother was little, you know what I mean? So it's like, we are, we're like, okay, a lot of people that have raised boys are like, this is what boys do. They wrestle. You have to stop stepping in. Sometimes we're creating the problem, right? Because we're trying to like, they just need to get this out and do their thing. And then I'm thinking, you know, I had a lot of guy friends growing up and they would just wrestle around all the time. I'm like, this is normal. right? This is what That's they it. do. Stop stepping in unless they're like hurting each other. Somebody's like bleeding. Yeah, just sure. let them do their thing. You're not destroying my house. Okay. Do your thing. So yeah you said that you didn't have all eight kids at home but you had seven so what was that like right that was well yeah it was chaos <laughs> i think i think um one thing that i learned to do that you kind of touched on is I, I learned to um to not have high expectations yeah, you know to kind of manage my expectations like i expect that my kids are going to be wrestling on the floor in the kitchen after dinner. It happened every night. Like it just was how they they um, figured out the pecking order of our house was who could take who. And yeah. the younger ones were always hopeful that they could make it up there, you know, but it didn't always happen. And it's all there's always going to be noise. There's always going to be shoes in front of the door. But right. I'm, I'm that's not that hill I want to die on. Like you said, with your husband's boots, like, is that something I want to argue? Like we tried all kinds of strategies. We used to tie the shoe shoelaces together and throw them outside. So they had to take longer to, you know, get their shoes on. Nothing worked. It didn't, right. you know, we built little cubbies. They're not going to put their shoes in them. Like you're just dreaming girl. Right. So we just like, yeah, like it's just going to be what's going to be. It's only a few years and we want to spend our time having fun with them as much yeah, as possible. Exactly. So we played tons of board games and we did all kind. like when we got to the bottom of the apple barrel and they were all like mushy, like my husband would do apple baseball with them and like shoot the, shoot the apples out across the, you know, the diamond with a baseball bat and just all kinds of fun memories. And not that there weren't tough times, like we went through really, really tough times, but as much as was in our power to have the expectations reasonable. 
right big big difference and to intentionally create um fun memories yes as much as we could those are the things that i really want to um, stress to other moms as you're going through it you Mm -hmm. know try to manage your expectations yeah Yeah. and none of our kids like um brutally injured each other right and there was lots of things like duct tape my son got duct taped to a tree so that his brothers could eat his um supper and they told me he was (laughs) down the street at ben's house eating supper and here he was like duct taped to a lawn chair under the tree that's where he was the whole time we're inside eating he's outside like you know (laughs) i learned that now like you're gonna learn things when they're in their 20s that you never knew happened but it's fine. He had food when he got home, when he came yeah. in the house. He, wasn't he, never, he never ratted on him either. He didn't rat Aww. on him. I know. Yeah, you'd think he would have, but. He's a good secret yeah. keeper, that guy. He yeah. was. So <laughs> lots of fun memories and they love each other now. You yeah. know, they there was lots of times that like they wouldn't, they didn't like each other growing up. Um, but now they're in each other's weddings. Yeah. <laughs> that's so that's, don't be stressed that your kid can't stand his brother. Like, yeah. They would say like, oh, I can't stand him. I don't want to sit beside him at supper or whatever. Well, yeah. Okay. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to sit you down and say, you have to love your brother. I'm going to say, okay, well then sit over there. Right. And eventually it all washes out. Yeah. It all washes out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really good advice. Um, yeah. High expectations in parenthood. I was actually just talking about this in my group yesterday on Facebook, in my Facebook group, because even, you know, a lot of the high expect, a lot of the expectations we put on kids are not even developmentally appropriate. They're way above them. So we do have to look at, you know, many things um, when it comes to that, just letting go of so many expectations that we put on our kids that were put on us. Mm-hmm. And we've come a long way with information and knowledge now, and it's very easy to find that. So, um, making sure that the expectations you put on your kids as well as they're growing up are developmentally appropriate and that can be a huge thing because a lot of times we're expecting our kids to do things that they're not capable of um and then sometimes they're just out of control or fear because we don't want to give them the freedom that they are uh developmentally ready for that we're not ready for so we are putting higher expectations on them or whatever um and then some of them are just our own control that we need to let go of so yeah that's huge um we talked about a bunch of these already but do you have any other things that you can any other tips that you can uh, give to moms on how to survive the freak show of her life i think we've talked about several of them just in conversation but I'm just curious if you have any other tips for moms and how to survive. One of the things that really helped me at the time um, was just being more organized, like managing your time. Yeah. And we did because we had the huge family. We did the 30 day cooking, you know, mm-hmm. where you have just one horrible day. And if you do it with a friend and maybe you have a glass of wine, I'm not saying you can't do that. Then right. the day's not the worst in the world. Right. And just making all these meals, having them in the freezer ahead of time. Um, you don't have to do a whole, but I mean, if you're making one lasagna, you might as well make two or three. You're making one chili, you might as well make two, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like bulk cooking, but also um, being organized. Like when you're making your grocery list, say, okay, these are the five meals that we're going to have this week or seven meals we're going to have this week. I don't know which one, which day, but I have enough food in the house for these. Then I don't have to make those extra trips to the store all the time. Right. And the kids, at least my kids, they didn't care that it was some elaborate meal because it never was. Right. Um, they just care their belly's full. 
right exactly and so, yeah yeah and the worst time of day was always between after school and dinner time because mm -hmm. first of all now i'm learning it's probably because i was also hangry because i have a little problem with that <laughs> not being in a good mood when i'm hungry and uh, and probably the kids have that too you know they want something as soon as they get home but yeah. they, they don't care that it's an elaborate meal they care that mom's not stressed yeah, yeah. right so easy and like organized enough you know like there's grace in everything but organized enough to know okay we're having spaghetti some night i don't know which night but i know we have the ingredients for it in the house and i can whip it together or pull something out of the freezer like just just kind of more easy going instead of holding yourself to these um i don't know to like these yeah. levels of things that are unattainable or they're going to give you so much stress it doesn't matter you're right, right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just high expectations again. We set them for ourselves as well. We're trying to be perfect and we have this vision of what that looks like. And it's unrealistic a lot of times. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, and I think like managing your time, like you were saying, is so important too, because it's a lot of moms will say, oh, I don't have time. I'm so busy. I don't have time. But if you actually did a time grid of your schedule, which is a very tedious task, I realized that. Um, I took a time management class in college. I actually, as tedious as some of the tasks were that we had to do was very eye-opening and interesting for me because I'm like, I am very busy. I run a children's ministry. I'm in school full-time. I'm a full-time mom, um, stay-at-home mom. Um, and I'm doing all these things, right? And But there was a lot of time that I thought I did not have that I found in my calendar and in my you know white space there was a lot of white space that i was doing where i'm like i can let this go scrolling on facebook or mm. instagram or watching TikToks, you know or whatever it is um that is not filling any of my buckets sometimes it takes away from me exactly. i'm very happy for people's successes in life um uh celebrations i love celebrating them with people so that stuff doesn't take from me i get excited to see that stuff um but it does take from some people sometimes people can feel jealousy or you know whatever uh comes up when they see other people living lives differently or something that you want in your life maybe um that they have and you don't um but life's very different on a screen than it is in real life so um, and we should be filling those spaces with those things we say we don't have time for that actually matter to us, right? So there is a lot of white space in our calendars, even when you think they are so super full, um, but being aware and being organized with our time and, and really doing things that matter to us um, is so very important. So that time management is key for so many things. And yeah, if you take that day and you have a glass of wine with your friend and you guys can be silly together and make some meals, just think about how much time that saves you. You know, if you did it for a month or even a week or, you know, every two weeks or whatever, it saves you so much time. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. what did, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. And, and so, and being intentional, like you said, right? Like knowing, your time we every single person no matter if whether they have kids how many kids everybody's busy and that's the first thing everyone says how are you doing i'm busy everybody's busy and we all are but probably everybody picks up their phone looks on facebook and gets sucked in there for 20 yeah. minutes right you know, 20 minutes you just had 20 minutes that you didn't know you had that you yeah. could have had a coffee with your friend or whatever that is right but it's being intentional and actually noticing those things 
Yeah, for noticing, sure. Because that happens to me and it makes me mad at myself every single time. I'm like, I can't believe I just got sucked into this. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. read all these comments from something that no. filled me. And I'm like, why did I just fill my brain with that? Right? Like, exactly. I don't even care about this. And something I, I care about, I didn't do today because I thought I didn't have time. So right. it's, there's all, we all have 24 hours in a day. Yes. So we need to spend it, spend it wisely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, how are we spending it? Mm-hmm. Um, so what advice would you give moms who just feel like there's no hope, Tess, that are like really in like the heart of their freak show of life and just feel like it's hopeless mm-hmm. and they don't see a light at the end of the tunnel? Man, I remember being there. Mm-hmm. It feels like it lots and lots of times and lots of for lots of different reasons. And like back to reaching out to your friends. Hopefully you have a close friend that you can really honestly share vulnerably with Mm -hmm. and, um, or somebody in your group of friends that you can become closer to also filling your head with truth, Mm. you know, um, get getting off of social media, like we just talked about. And yes, some of it is uplifting. A lot of it is not right. And reading things that, excuse me, reading things that are true, Mm -hmm. Uh, for me that's that's the bible because i'm a christian so keeping god's word in my head because i know it's always true um fills me up yeah even if you're not like at least keeping positive things in your head and and positive music Mm -hmm. and just um bringing in truth into your head yeah filling your head with truth that's the most important thing because we don't you don't even know what you're thinking I I heard um someone speaking this week on podcast about our brains and how our brain more often believes what is um frequent than what is true yeah Mm -hmm. so when we're hearing the same message over and over from whatever source but it's not true that's the message that we're more likely to believe so make sure that that frequent message is also true yeah yeah i mean so for me it's um you know being in god's word and and worshiping and through song um that's really important to me and really fills my buckets and helps me and gives me a lot of hope in life Mm -hmm. um but for those of you that don't have a faith um that are listening and that's you know totally okay there's no judgment here at all but there's podcasts that you can listen to that are positive there's affirmations that you can go youtube and find there's things that can fill your mind that help you change your mindset come up with a phrase like i am a way of being and and live in that truth post things around your house um one of the things that i've learned in doing a mental health uh study last year was the things that we focus on we get more of So if we're focusing on negative things, if we're focusing on, this is a hopeless situation. Of course, my dog is barking right now. Sorry. I always laugh. See, I laugh about these things because often this happens never until I'm recording something. (laughs) And then every once in a while, somebody must be here that she sees like outside. And there's no people here this time of year because I live in a touristy town. So we literally have no people here. So I don't know what she's doing. so I'm actually gonna take a walk so I get away from the, the noise. Um, so, oh, FedEx is here. <laughs> That's the problem. Um, okay, so 
she, so yeah, so like finding those things, you can read a book that's positive. You can do so many things that fill your mind with truth that you believe and that is going to be something that you focus on that's good, that's not taking from you. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's really just such great advice because if we're constantly focused on being hopeless mm -hmm. and being stuck there, then that's where you're going to be. Um, and you're not going to get out of that place. You have to change the game and focus on good, true things. So that's such good advice. Mm -hmm. um, but that is all that we have time for today. I really enjoyed this so much. I think we touched on so many amazing mm -hmm. um, and important topics. So Tess, it's been a true pleasure to have you here um, on the show today. So thank you so much. Thanks, Britta, for having me on. I love encouraging women. So what a great opportunity. Yes, I love it too. And I love, um, again, I just love the conversation that we had here today. So mamas, if you would like to learn more about Tess, you can go to um, tessscott.com. Um, and I also posted that in the description of this episode. So you can just go right to um, the description, click on it, and it will bring you right there. And then while you're there and at her website, she has a freebie for you, the top 10 signs, your life is a freak show. And she's also had a book that um, has been recently released, Listen Sister, Finding Hope in the Freak Show of Your Life. So you can get her book and find some hope there as well. Um, so Tess, where can you find your book? Um, the book is pretty much everywhere that books awesome. are sold. So chapters, um, Amazon, of course, Barnes and Noble, christianbook.com, okay. all, all the places you should be able to find it. And there are links on my website. If you're having trouble finding it, you can go to tessscott.com and, and, uh, at the bottom, there's some links to stores there too. Awesome. So make sure you go ahead and get a copy of that book, especially if you're feeling hopeless in your life. Um, I definitely feel like this book is just going to be filled with hope and a lot of laughter and just lightheartedness. So I'm definitely excited to go ahead and get myself a copy. Um, so mamas, thanks so much for tuning in today until next time. Take care and God bless. <laughs>